Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're looking at the 72nd Psalm. This is a really interesting psalm. The more I look at it and the more I read it, I was thinking a while ago, I may have to go pull out one of my books over here and see what some other people have to say about this one. Because uh, this is uh, uh, some really intriguing things. You know, we looked at the first four verses yesterday. Let me take you to the last verse of this. Because this right here does some interesting things. Well, really the last two verses, verses 19 and 20. So verse 19 says this, And blessed be his glorious name forever, and may the whole earth be filled with his, that's a capital H, his glory. He's been talking about God the last three four verses. Amen and amen. Then verse 20, the last verse, The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? The Psalms are divided into uh, five separate books in the uh, the Hebrew structure, uh, five separate collections of the Psalm. And I'm not sure, but this may be the end of one of those collections. I don't remember exactly where they uh, break. And so I may have to look that up and check it out a little bit, okay? But it's interesting. It says the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. And at the very beginning of this, it says a Psalm of Solomon. And so I'm really intrigued about what people think about when this might have been written. Did Solomon write this after David was gone and Solomon wrote it as a type of thing that David would have done? Did he write it in conjunction with David, perhaps? I don't know. You know, one side of me, I can sit there and start thinking, I wonder if he and David sat down and Solomon was young when he was writing this and they wrote one together. Who knows? But uh, anyway, let me go back and reread these first four verses that we read in the previous episode. Then we'll press on through it a little more at least. Verse 1 says this, Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your afflicted with justice. Let the mountains bring peace to the people and the hills in righteousness. May he vindicate the afflicted of the people, save the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. So from the beginning, just reading at face value what it says, uh, Solomon is asking for the judgment of God and the righteousness of God to be with the king, to be given to the king, and to be given to the son, where they can judge the Lord's people rightly. To where they can bring justice to those that are afflicted among the Lord's people. To where they can vindicate the afflicted of the Lord's people. Where they can save the children of the needy. To where they can crush the oppressor of the Lord's people. That's what they're asking for uh, from just a surface reading. And I think that's totally what's going on here in the natural. They're asking for this. But as so often is the case, particularly with prophetic psalms, isn't that a wild phrase right there? A prophetic psalm. That there's much more to it than that. Uh, we saw it when we looked at the 22nd Psalm, because elements of the 22nd Psalm foreshadow what happened to Jesus while he's on the cross. And I think he actually quoted a couple of the lines out of the 22nd Psalm. Now, did David know that that was what was going to occur to Messiah when he was writing that? Uh, no, he did not know. 
Did God know? Well, yes, of course, absolutely he knew what was going to be happening there. So I think the same type of thing is happening here, that the, he's asking for God to bring forth judgment and righteousness, give it to the king to where the king can do what? To where he can judge the people rightly, to where he can vindicate the those that afflict the people, because he can bring peace to the people, that he can save the needy. Now, verse 5, let them fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. So he's saying, okay, Lord, I want the people to fear you. Yes, but the immediate context he was talking about, to vindicate the ones who afflict, to save the children and the needy, and to crush the oppressors. He's talking about the oppressors and those that are coming against them. May they fear you. May we fear you also, Lord. If you believe, then you will fear the Lord. But he's uh, given a time frame here. As long as the sun endures, as long as the moon throughout all generations. Now, how long is that going to be? We don't know. Okay, We don't know how long it's going to be, but it's a long time so far. Verse 6. May he come down like rain upon the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days, may the righteous flourish and abundance of peace till the moon is no more. May he also rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. So he's calling for a peaceful rain. He's calling for uh, uh, rain, <laughs> not a R-A-I-N, but R-E-I-G-N, a peaceful rain of the king. He's calling for a profitable rain, a rain of abundance of peace, that righteousness would flourish. And you notice how he's using pictures of a thing from the natural, earth, rain, grass, okay, uh, sun, moon. So he's saying, Lord, bring this up, and may he rule from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. That's interesting. The river here is actually capitalized in this case. Huh. Let's sit there and go, I wonder what river he's talking about right there. Regardless, he's saying, Lord, bring forth this rain. Lord, you do it. He continues, verse 9, Let the nomads of the desert bow before him, and his enemies lick the dust. <laughs> So let me read these last couple of verses together. We'll talk about this in our brief time. This remaining, verse 10, Let the kings of Tarshish and of the islands bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba offer gifts. And let all the kings bow down before him. All the nations serve him. So, again, is he talking about his kingdom, Solomon? Is he talking about the kingdom of his father and his reigning and what will continue thereafter? and the promises that the Lord had actually made David. Uh, he told David that uh, if you will do what I tell you to do right here, if the people will do this thing, then uh, the kingdom will never lack for a man of David to be sitting upon the throne. Well, they weren't obedient, but a time is coming when that will be restored. Isn't that wild? Is he saying that? Is he saying that all the kings of the earth from sea to shining sea, all the islands, that all nations serve him? It does say that in verse 11. All nations serve him. We know it's going to happen with the Lord Jesus Christ. You see that beginning back in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15, especially with the promises made to Abram and what Abram believed. <clears throat> we know it's going to happen. I believe he's actually praying this on behalf 
of the line of David and the line of Solomon also. In other words, the near application. But let me tell you, folks, a day is coming where, what does the scripture say? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All through the prophets, we see that all the nations will serve him. All through the prophets and the new covenant. And this was the mystery of, of the body of Christ, the Jew and the Gentile together as one. That all that the Lord was doing for his people, Israel, for his Jewish people, that the Gentiles would be grafted in in the same way by believing, by faith, by belief. And so I believe this psalm right here has given us insight into days that are yet to come. Anyway, we'll press on in this in the next episode. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you then.